That's what we're doing right now. This is what we're doing right now. Come on, son. Y'all heard him. Y'all know the voice. Y'all know the man. That's fucking Jazzy Faye. I can't hear myself. Welcome to Come On, Son, the podcast. Somebody hit the volume button on Jazzy Faye. I got it. I got it. There you go. Hey, boy, I know how to move around in the studio. I know you do. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Jazzy Faye. You are now tuned into the very best. It's yours truly, Jazzy Fenzel, Burgundy, Obama, Luther King, Jr., Jackson, Five, the first. You did. <laughs> Smell me on this one. Oh, the aroma of a player's in the air, man. I got on about $900 worth of cologne right now. I swear <laughs> to God. Lord Jesus, man. Welcome Jesus. to the podcast, brother. Hey, man. God is a healer. Let's talk, man. How you been, first oh, of all? Oh, man, man, I've been blessed, man. Far far beyond far beyond my uh, 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 fathomable... I don't know, man. It's just crazy. Man. You know, what do you say to people out there that say, well, Jazzy Faye broke? Ha! <laughs> I am. That's your reaction. <laughs> but you know, when you get to a certain age, Ed, you got you got to be broke. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, to everybody else. Right. Because it ain't for them. It ain't for them. Long as when my kids want to go to Target and, and all of that, long as they can get that. Right. Because they can't eat. Uh, 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 front front door at the club. They can't they can't eat you know uh, stripper ones, right? Because they already on the floor. They can't eat the they, plaques they, on, they the on the wall. They on the strip either. club floor, right? I need to make it rain in my house. Exactly. How many kids you got, bro? Two. Two little kids. How old are your kids? Yeah, uh, no, I got I got a grown boy. Okay. Like, my, my son. Uh, uh, congratulations. You know he wanted the only Alexanders that made it to college. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not even it's, it's a couple of them, but he's like he's going to graduate. Oh wow! So he just he just started college uh, this year. He's he's nineteen. Right. Just turned nineteen. When did this music shit grab you? Everybody has a different story. Of Probably when around the time I met you, man. Like in ninety. Really. Ninety. What were you man, doing before that? I was a kid. I was um, running around with my daddy. You know, of course, James Alexander the Barquets. For right. People that don't know. That's right. You know what I'm saying? Of the Barquets, I was a I was a tour baby. My mom. Was um, she sang with everybody from Barbara Streisand to Natalie Cole to Shaka Khan to Billy Preston to DJ Rogers, uh, Philip Bailey and the Living Epistles. Wow, stuff that y'all know about. You know, that's off, right. off, uh, uh, you know, gospel from Earth, Wind and Fire. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you, you know, the the, you know, our lineage, you know, our family, our, it's crazy. It's like it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you you might not have been here had your father boarded a plane. That killed oh, I some wouldn't. of his bandmates. I wouldn't, because it happened in 67, 68. Right. I wasn't born yet. His father was one of the uh, bar caves that were discovered and pretty much honed and, and and brought up by the late, great Otis Redding. Yes. And they, and they were, they, the bar caves now, mind you guys, uh, all the way up until his passing, Otis's passing, and the bar caves passing, they, uh, the bar caves were Otis's house band. That's so, right. So my daddy is the one that you hear playing the bass on that, please, no, no, that's right. I invented swag. <laughs> so, so then again, like, how the Alexander's gonna be broke? Right. I mean, okay, but we we ain't gonna talk about that. But we cool. Yeah, but your daddy is. Did you learn that from your mother and father? The music was always in the I house. I mean, I soaked it. I, I, you know, I'm sponging. I'm sponging. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sponging. They like they they were letting me touch the boards when I was like 12. Oh wow! Like because you got to think like. 
everybody like in in the room was the automation back then. It wasn't no yeah. automated boys. No, no, hell no. It was no. like, look, look, you you put you you control these three faders. You control these, <laughs> and when the mix go down, we gonna we gonna do it all simultaneously. Right, and you were named after one of his bandmates, Phelan Jones, who passed away in the plane crash. Right, and that's where you got and your name from. I'm Phelan. Phelan Alexander. Phelan Alexander. That's where the Jazzy Faye came yeah, from. Yeah, Faye. Yeah. Yeah. When did you When did you decide? What was your first inclination in the music business to sing? Because you got a beautiful voice. Thank you, bro. Uh, uh, um, I, I, when I was a kid, man, I was always involved in the church and the choir, um, uh, always singing and making noises. You know, even before the human beatbox, I would make noises and I would sound out different sounds. Like my mom said, I would just sit in the back of the car and just, just sound out songs like from you know hauling oats to the bgs to my mom listened to a lot of pop music okay you know what i'm saying and a lot of gospel that was it you know so that's where you know i, I get that soul from okay you know what i'm saying so yeah man i mean it's just it's it's been from the beginning from the from the very beginning from the very beginning you've been touched but you're anointed hey man hey you've been anointed yeah, you know it musically, man. It's yeah. just it's just something that's it's in the bloodline. Yeah, man. When did you turn professional? Was it um, gospel first for you? No, no. It was it was actually hip hop. Really? It was hip hop. I mean, I was doing a little gospel. I did. I recorded a few things, but hip hop really like you know from being in school and break dancing and you know just the whole hip hop culture and the whole thing. I was just just fascinated by it. Mm. You know, and uh, I mean, just like all of us, it was the, it was the the wave for the kids. And yeah. it still is. It still is. The so wave so for I the think kids. we could have been we could have been right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's taking care of us uh, this far. You know, what, what, I mean? the, what is the first hip hop record you bought? Oh, paid for with your money. Went to the store, bought it. Um, I bought it. Rappers delight. Rappers delight. Okay. Rappers delight. Cause we bought we bought the you know the the, the whole the twelve inch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I was woo. Boy, you I was were in Memphis. Elementary school. You were in Memphis then. No, I was in L.A. Okay, I was in L.A. See, when I turned four years old, see that's where you get the the uh, for shizzles and the you know because I got a West Coast love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because when I was four years old, my my uh, my mom and dad split up. Okay. So when my mom left, she went to L.A. I was on mama's hip. All right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So she she took me to L.A. When I was four years old. How long did y'all stay? And when I got bad, she sent me back to my grandma and <laughs> <laughs> my daddy in Memphis. Okay. I stayed in L.A. probably four, for four, solid, all the way up until I was like 14. Oh, wow. And then I came back to Memphis for a little, out, little while and went back to L.A. Okay. And then when I got bad, like real bad, like probably about what 16. What the hell was you doing, bro? Just acting stupid. I thought I wanted slang dope. I thought I wanted, you know what I mean? I didn't last for me. I ain't going to act like I was a trapper. <laughs> I wasn't in the trap. I wasn't doing none of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? But, I, I, I you know, I, I was doing it before, you know, uh, crack was even on this side. Because, you know, it hit the West Coast first. Yeah, yeah, absolutely did. So crack wasn't even over here yet. It was like, you know what I mean? It was a cat out there, you know, had us out there on the block. Right. We didn't know what we was doing. All we knew is everybody had new feelers, new. I'm like, I want some. <laughs> a fresh feline suit, too. Hey, boy, I want something. We didn't we have no idea what we was doing. And um, I, I had, uh, I was sitting in class. You know, you don't realize that the streets is watching when you're that young. Uh-huh. So you sitting in class, and we had two doors. And they came to both doors, security. And uh, there was like. Uh, Mr. Alexander, you, you uh, we need to take you to the principal's office right now. 
Mm. So I said, oh, I already know what it was. I could feel it. You had crack on you? Yeah. So I, I, I grabbed it, and I had it inside of, you know, the little cigarette plastic? Yeah. I had it in there. I didn't have nothing but about, about like a 50-piece and something else. And um, I put it in my change pocket, thinking that was going to do something. Right. And the little change pocket up here in the Levi's. Uh-huh. Put it in there. thought I was hiding it from somebody. Boom. They, they searched me. Didn't find it. Then they searched me again. Found it. Oh, shit. Man. Called my mama. Oh boy! They fell from school. Took, they took me to jail. You know the whole little one too. But they, you know, ain't really locked me up for real. They just kind of, you know, you know, took you in the room and just kind of, you know, interrogated. They you. found out that I really didn't know what I was doing. Okay, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they was basically trying to get me to snitch. Right. Trying to tell, but you know, well, you working off a hundred pack? The plug, yeah, easy. <laughs> the, the, the plug though, you know, he was so treacherous. Boy, it wasn't no way in the world I was gonna say his name. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was on the other side of the glass. Like, hey, uh-uh. What are you getting, a 40 off a 100 pack? No, I don't know. Had to turn in 60. It was, it like was stupid back then. We, we'll, take, we'll take a grand boy and make about $700 by the end of the day. Right. So Easy. It was, yeah, flip, it was, flip, 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 flip. So your mom got fed up with, with you, your wannabe drug dealer, hey, man. and sent you to Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, and, I, and I ain't never deal again. Mm. So when you get to Memphis, when do you what do you do? Get immerse yourself back into the music. Business? I got I got back into music. Uh, I was actually rapping. I was I was rapping and singing, and uh, running around with my brother. Um, we was just we was just rapping, man. And and um, I I time went by. I started a group called the Funkaholics. Okay. I had a group called the Funkaholics. Um, and, and, and you know back up before that. I had signed to a, a, a label called Mega Jam. I don't know if you remember Mega Jam Records. Okay, nah, nah, I'm not familiar with Mega Jam. <laughs> it was an independent record my, that my dad had worked for. Okay. So basically, through them, I got a deal with Electra Records. Mm. You remember that? Phelan, right. the dance floor of life. <laughs> you remember that? Yeah. It was me, and it, at the time it was Shazzy. Uh-huh. Remember Shazzy? Yeah. And and all that. And I was on the label. And when, when they came, everybody came to my la- uh to my, my uh video shoot. Bus a bus and them came. Uh uh the whole leaders of the new school came to my video shoot wow. in a Subaru. <laughs> they was because they, they was they was everybody was talking about at the label this kid that that they signed and he was he was ill, you know what I'm saying, and all that. So they wanted to come down and meet me and greet me. Right. And that's the first time I met Bus and all of them, and they was like, yo. Yo, they're like, like you know, they want to take yeah. me out, take me everywhere. I was like, dude, I'm like 16, bro. Right. No, I can't go to places. And when did that deal end? Did you continue your when relationship it, when, with What Ruben happened Ruben? was Ruben Rodriguez came in, remember, with Diggable Planets. Yes, sir. All of that. They had Key Sweat and all of them. And In Touch. Remember that? Yes, Diggable sir. was hot. Yeah, they were. And uh, um, my record was just coming out. So Bob Krasnow, man, he had passed away. Uh-huh. So it was the turning of the guard. I, I wasn't I wasn't platinum or gold, so so they dropped me. Okay. So going back to Memphis, Tennessee. Who ha- told Who told you you were dropped? How'd you find out you were dropped? They They called me and told you. Uh, uh, my superior, uh, Doug Daniels. Okay. You remember Doug? Yeah. Doug Daniels, because he was li- he was fired. Oh wow. He was my, he was my guy. He was my CEO. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so he's over my project. So Doug was like, you know, they 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 you know, they shut me down. Ruben Rodriguez came in and changed everything. You know, you know how they do it. Mm-hmm. So um, basically, it was a blessing in disguise because I because I went back to Memphis, and when I went back to the studio, all of the people that were helping me produce my record wouldn't show up for the sessions. Oh shit! Because the word was out that Jazzy was a failure. Oh wow! Because he got dropped. See what I'm saying? It was on the radio, all of that. You know, so Jazzy's a failure. He fell off. Ah, whatever. 
So I had a little little white boy named Michael Patterson. He was in in, our, in the studio. He was our guy, our little engineer. Right now, he by the way, he does live for uh, Nine Inch Nails. Oh you know shit! What I'm saying? So he's huge, like in, in, right. he's like works aboard that's out of here. But but anyway, but um, long story short, he taught me how to to move around in the studio. He said, "This is an MPC sixty, Jazzy. You know what this is. Come on, man. Show me how to load it up." One by one, show me how to uh, uh, put the keyboard with it. Show me how to build a record. Uh huh. All of that. He was like, "Guess what?" I said, "What?" He said, "All of those guys that been doing records without you, you should hear them. The records sound like shit." Mm. He said, "They they they whack." He said, "This is hot." He said, "This is dope." Right. This is what you making is dope. Sold one beat. Sold two beats. Next thing you know, who you do you remember who you first sold your first beat to? Man, I promise I don't remember. Second beat, third beat. No, mm -mm. <laughs> the the only all I remember, all I can remember, I, I think I did something for um, uh, this one kid. I I can't even remember his name, man. Anyway, it, it, it don't really matter. Right. But Tila, um, I was like getting hot in the in the city. Okay. And Tila started hearing my music. You know, I I, I did a lot of you know side artist stuff too, like featuring on on records. But um, Tila hit me and said, "Yo, man, you got that soul, dog. When I get my record deal." Man, I promise you, man, I'm going to call you. So me and my group, Funkaholics, we had got together. We was making a little buzz in the town. Didn't really do much. We said, man, we're going to move to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So basically, I hollered at one of my boys named Todd Day. You remember Todd Day? Todd Day, yeah, of course. Basketball player. Yeah, right. Todd Day gave us $1,500. He gave us fifteen hundred dollars. I think <laughs> you know. I think I had probably about a couple of hundred with me already. Uh -huh. But I was like really like the only dude making money in my crew because I was producing. Everybody else was struggling. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I'm still, you know, what I mean, taking care of everybody. So I'm like tired, man. You know what I'm saying? G gave me gave me some money. Came to Atlanta and met MC Breed. God okay. Rest, God rest his soul. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? Met MC Breed. My my old manager took me to MC Breed, and when she took me. We were down to our last. We was down to our last. When I walked in the studio, she said, he said, uh, uh, he said, so, Carolyn, this this the dude that you said, you know, he, he dope like that? I had a Nike box, and I set it up there on the, on the console, and it had all these little floppy disks in it. You know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. And I had a CD. Matter of fact, was it a cassette? It was, no, it was, a, it was a CD, burnt CD. Okay. So I put the CD in, played one beat. He was like, that's dope. He's like, you did that? I was like, yeah. I played the second beat. He said, yo, him and Hura was in the studio. Oh, wow. Hura was in there, DJ Hura. And played the second beat. He's like, yo, man, I'm going to take your itchy bond, dog. I can get you $5,000 for that. Looked at my manager like, <laughs> God damn. What? Like, we want right. a zero to 5K right now. He said, so what y'all doing tomorrow? I looked at my manager again. His, she was like, like, he's like, man, where y'all staying at? Where y'all staying tomorrow? We was like. We don't know. Right. Man, that, that dude said, he said, man, he t he told Jabri. Remember Jabri, the rapper? Okay. Jabri was standing at his house. Jabri, he said, Jabri, he said, clean out that room over there across from my room. Open that room up and they let them clean that room up and let them stay in that room. Oh, wow. So basically, I moved into the room. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Me and my manager, she stayed in the room because he had a studio in the basement. Okay. I stayed in the studio. Okay. <laughs> That's Oh, I was like, this is where I'm going to stay. Right. So put, he put me in the basement. I met Red Man. I met Key Sweat. I met Too Short. I met I met uh, G. G hooked it up. Wow. You know G. Yeah. Uh, uh, from from the Rim Shop. I met man. I met everybody. Warren G. Snoop Dogg. Uh, uh, Loonies. Everybody through Breed. Wow. 
Breed was like God rest my, his soul. Yeah, DOC. DOC took me on tour, on the Chronic tour. Like, you know, all, I mean, that's that kind of shit. Like, you know, he was just like, dog, you got to meet Snoop Dogg. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know good DOC. Yeah, you're like, hey, cuz, you got to meet Snoop Dogg, cuz. <laughs> Snoop Dogg got to meet you. You soul. You soul. You got the soul, cuz. Telling you. I was like, for real? <laughs> like, man, I love to meet Snoop Dogg. Right. These I'm, are all people that you idolized and, and that you've heard music they on. They're all my guys now. Right. All my guys. Gonna and you ask, started doing music for everybody? Everybody. And did you you did end up doing Tila record, though, didn't you? Yeah, Tila was my first hit record. Tila was my first hit record. He called me and said, yo, I'm in Houston, Texas right now with Suave House Records. I said, I heard. He said, man, listen, we're we, we going to start on this album. I'm going to call it Peace of Mind. He said, listen, I want you and Slice T, my boy Slice T, to produce the whole album. I said, what? Wow. I said, yeah. Well, I'm, so I'll be down there. So we went to Memphis, back to our old roots, and, and went to uh, House of Blues. Went went there one night, and uh, we was vibing. He said, he said, uh, man, I, I just I just don't hear nothing. I said, well, let's go to the strip club and get some motivation. He never he didn't understand that, but but I I've been in Atlanta. Okay. So I understood it. <laughs> right. And we you know the, the women around just motivate me to just I, I just come I got twenty hooks all of a sudden. <laughs> I just got some shit to say for some right. reason. Ass is wiggling, you know what I'm saying? So basically. We get back to the studio, we bring a little party with us. Okay. So my partner was playing this bass line. I was like, yo. So I started playing the drum track. We made the beat. Next thing you know, he was like, nigga, it was some hoes in the club showing up. I said, what did you say? He said, yeah. I, well, I went in the booth. I said, boy. <laughs> and and next thing you know, I, I blacked out at that point. Next thing you know, everybody in the room just pouring drinks, just motivating. You know how when a hit record comes on, everybody just start moving? Yeah, everybody's happy. Everybody's moving. So you know what's happening when a hit record comes on and everybody starts moving around, right? Right. They trying to get their drink. They trying to settle up and find their friend. Mm. They find, they're trying to find their best friend. Yeah, absolutely. They're trying to go find their friend so they can share that moment with their friend. That's right. So that's how you know when you got a hit record. When I know when I got a hit when. When, when they play that record. And the shit start happening. Yeah, that one, and they play it around 1, 1. 15, 1 a.m. And everybody go, oh! <laughs> when, I, when I knew I had a hit was when I went to a party in Texas and you got somebody like SNS playing my record. Right. He ain't never played none of my records. Ever. Ever. I didn't even say, whoa, we're going to start the south. Hey, how many of y'all from the South? Hoes in the club showing up. I'm like, whoa. Dog, the record was so big, I had to move to Houston. Oh, shit. I had to move to Houston. And see, a lot of people don't even understand that the reason why so, so many artists are so big in Houston is because, like, in Houston, like, if you in, if you in like, Buckhead, you don't go to Decatur. If you in Decatur, you don't go to Southwest. Okay. So basically, you can go and perform here on Thursday, here on Friday, here on Saturday, and go pick up a check in all of them places. Oh wow! By the time you make it all make your rounds all the way back around, you you got a you got a whole new bag coming. Oh shit! So that's why all of the artists in Houston are so big because they they like they 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 kick it in spots. That's it. Okay. Like you know fourth ward don't go. Yeah, Southwest yeah, they don't, they don't do it. Like they don't do it. Right. They don't do it. You got a few of them that do it, you know what I'm saying? Or if they rivaling or something, but you know. But pretty much you can hit all of all over Houston. Yeah, you make your hit record and you from Houston, you get money. 
<laughs> you got money, boy. Yeah. You're going to be a millionaire. Yeah, for sure. You know for what I'm sure. saying? So to, after you did T-Lo, what was your next hit record? Another T-Lo record. I'm so tired of balling. Oh, that shit was a smash. Because there's too many bitches on my deck. <laughs> you never hear a player say shit like this. <laughs> huh? What? Yes, sir. Man. After that, I think I blacked out. I don't know what was next. <laughs> it's all a blur. <laughs> I, oh, I think it was uh, um, uh, LSG. Okay. What's behind door number one? Oh, shit. Can't get the job done. You did yeah. that, dog? Yeah. You're a bad motherfucker. Jazz yeah, dog. Man. You know what I'm saying? So, Who called you for that record? To do LSG. Wait, I don't want to get Tell it me wrong. about, tell me about it uh, was it? the great. I think it, it was between G. G hooked it up. I want to say G hooked it up. Um, yep, because Key Sweat. He introduced me to Key Sweat. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But um, And Dave Hollister. Okay. Dave Hollister was one of the one of the big records I did. Shout out to uh, Bernard Alexander. Yeah, shout out to Bernard all day long. Man. Uh, um, big head motherfucker. We you know what I'm talking about? Big love you, dog. Like, I love that man like a play cousin. Yeah, he yeah. always just all shameless plugs. Yes, sir. He's a big head motherfucker, but we love him to yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, oh, man. And you did, you did some Dave Hollister shit, the LSG record. Yep. And and uh, a lot of other shit. Man. I work I work with Eric Sermon, you know, with Alfonso Hunter. Yeah. Uh, did did some did some things with with Eric on his stuff too. Um, man, just just I did some like some ghost producing with Eric when he was doing all the remixes. Mm -hmm. He was like, "Yo, can you do the drums on this?" And 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 uh, uh I'm gonna give you ten ten grand. I was like, "What? <laughs> ten grand to do some drums? What?" But when I seen his check, it was like 60 bucks. I was like, oh, that's why you gave me 10. Yeah. <laughs> that's why you ain't come with 20. Yeah, 60 10. bands, man. Damn, God. Like, damn. damn. When did you meet Sierra? Who introduced you to Sierra? Uh, a young man uh, named T.A. T.A., uh, he introduced me to Sierra. Uh, she was in a group called, um, what was the name of the group? Hearsay. Okay. And one of the, the, one of the girls in the group, her her dad her daddy thought she was the Beyonce of the group. Okay, but not CC. She thought she thought she was the, the Beyonce of the group. Mm -hmm. So basically, they they thinking that you know trying to big her up like she the one. Mm -hmm. So um, Ta was like, no, watch watch that girl, watch her, watch CC. I was like, yeah. When they all performed, I was like, yeah, that's right. So he singled her out, had to come back to the studio to DARP up there with uh, okay. Dallas Austin Studio. Yeah, big shout out to Dallas Austin. Yeah, big shout out to Dallas, man, uh, for letting us work up in there. You know, because if not, I wouldn't have put that CC album together like that. So just let me come in the studio and just really just do my. So you kind of singled her out out of the group. The group was trying to sign with you. Were they that, trying that to was get... his. That was his motive when he brought it, because he wanted me to see. He wanted to be sure that that's what she was. You okay. know what I'm saying? That she was a superstar, and uh, brought it to me and Nooney. And then we, you know, we went up in um, in in a little side in a cubby hole. We was like in the in the <laughs> in the broom closet uh, uh, room, but went in there, man, and so much magic. Right. So much magic, dog. Crazy. You knew it. You knew it from day one. Day one. Before she cut a record. What What was it about her? Is it just it's that just, thing? It's just that it. Yeah, that it. That thing. it shit. And then you know, it's crazy because I just let her kick it with me for like three days, and she, we didn't sing a song, we didn't do nothing. All she did was when the music came on, she danced. And I was like, you know, you'd be like a grandmama or, or somebody uh, uh, trying to cover up with a shawl because she like 16, 17 years old, like dropping it like it's hot, and right. you know, showing ass crack. I'm like, oh Lord Jesus! <laughs> you know, all these grown ass niggas right there, like, and they're like, who is that? I was like, dog. 
don't make me pull a pistol on you, bro. <laughs> it was a baby, man. She's a baby. Right. And she had baby fat, too. She was thick. <laughs> that Sierra was thick, boy. She had to lose weight, you know what I'm saying, for the right. goodies video. Uh-huh. She lost like 15 pounds before that video. Oh, wow. So imagine how thick she was. Yeah. Man. And you just saw it. What was the inspiration from the songs? Where did it come from? Um, Just the movement, man, how she was. How she was. I mean, the little John, the whole little John thing was just, uh, uh, you know, a brother thing. You know what I mean? That was my brother. You know what I'm saying? So well, when did we, you meet little John? I met little John way back, man. Whew. Man. Probably about 97, 90, something like that. Well, who introduced you to little John? It was just a mutual respect. L- I think little John, man, it's hard to tell. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But. We had no, you know, we did a big record together too. That uh, shouted freak a little song, shouted freak a little song. You and Lil John did that record. That's me singing that hook. Get the fuck out of here. That was a Lil John and the Eastside Boys single. Right. DJ Toomp produced the record. And that's you singing the hook. And that's me singing the hook. Wow. Freak a little song for the low low <laughs> on the dance floor. Freak a little song for your partner. On the down low. Wow. Yes, me, <laughs> That's an that. ATL classic. That's an ATL classic. Shorty, like a That's a fucking classic, period. Come on, dog. Yeah, I didn't know that, man. Yeah, man. Who introduced you to Little John and the Eastside Boys? Is it I just, can't remember. It's just a mutual I, thing? I hate that I can't remember because, I mean, you know, I think I met him when he was with, ah, I met him at So So Def. Okay. The old So So Def when he was, what was he doing, promotions? Now here we okay. He was doing promotion. Remember, he used to run around with the bullhorn. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So he was—he had a bullhorn, and he'd be standing in front of the club, so so deaf, yeah. <laughs> and, and he always be like, yeah. Uh huh. But he always had all of those sayings, those antics, everything like that's authentic. That's like him. Like it's unfair for him to get the kind of money he get because <laughs> he wake up in the morning and just do that. That's just John. Like, can you just wake up in the morning and just be a damn fool? Just just go ham and just make a billion dollars? Make a billion dollars just being a damn fool. So when, oh, man. So when he did that and he asked you to do it, you were just like, okay. I mean, he just, I mean, it was just Who like was one that of those, vibe it was right one now? of those things, bro. It's like, it's just, it was just the kind of person I am. Like, if there's four doors right here, I'm going to be like, who's in there? Right. I bet. That Gucci, my man. Who are we? Oh, uh, Too Short? My, my dog. Right. And I promise you, if they give me a bar. I'm going in. I'm going in the booth. And I don't write. So it, it ain't like, uh, well, what is he writing? What is he saying? It, it, it's, by the time I get on the mic, it's over with. Mm. It's over with. Roll that back. Roll that back. One more time. I got you. Zap. Gone. <laughs> That's just the way it is. Gone. Just but let it mu- roll. That music is in your blood, man. You can't do shit no, about dog. that. No, dog. I'm a jukebox, bro. Uh-huh. I come up with a hook in 10 seconds. Right. And you just do this shit. Tell that me about easy. tell me about the creation of area codes for Ludacris. Ah, walked in walked in. Uh, we we were at the uh, studio at noontime. Okay. Poon Daddy, and um, Poon Daddy brought Luda to me. Uh, uh, matter of fact, shout out to Poon Daddy. Poon Daddy came over and he's like, "Man, Ludacris man won't get in the studio with you, dog. Man, we got we need a hit. Man, we just need we ain't even know it's gonna put uh, um." Nate Dog on the record. Okay. God, God bless Nate Dog. Um, so he came in and we, you know, we chop it up. He was talking about the history. You know, Luda is real. You know, he like to, he like to get down to the, you know, the, all, you know, the beginning and talk about, you know, just like we talking. Right. The like, yeah, yeah, high, high, happy man. Why the Taylor thing happened, man? That song right there, like you know, all that. So basically, he he had this. He had this, he had a bunch of dates that he was doing. 
I said, damn. I said, boy, I bet you got holes in every one of them area codes. <laughs> oh, shit. That nigga Poon said, what did you say? I said, I bet you got holes in every one of them area codes. He said, nigga, that's it. That's I, it right there. I turned around and got on the drum machine. I said, that's the first sound I put in there, that little sound and a little bouncing around. Right. <clears throat> he was like, okay, okay. And then I put that boom. I got holes. Oh, I got holes. You know what I'm saying? You wrote that? No. Or did Nate it, come it, up it with it that? It pretty much wrote itself. Okay. <laughs> me, it, like me, me, Luda, and Poon probably wrote that hook. Oh, wow. Because it was just like, it was like, you put something in there. You put right. Because if you see, hear me, I'm singing on a hook too. Area codes. That's me. Okay. Cause. Matter of fact, shout out to Luda, man, because that's like one of the biggest checks I got off of a record because, you know, it was in, it was in Rush Hour. And it was actually, oh. remember when they turned the radio on? Yeah. Yeah, that was screenplay action. That was like, <laughs> for, for all you producers out there, man, get your record in a movie, dog. Playing during a movie, that's about six, seven hundred bands. God damn. Yeah. I mean, six, seven hundred thousand dollars? It was a black, it was a blockbuster. Think about it, Rush Hour. Oh, shit. Come on, bro, Rush Hour. <laughs> God damn. Just think, man, my partner, Cook just got one. He got one in Avatar. What? Avatar. He did 100% of the production and the writing, everything. And, man, I think he changed his whole zip code. <laughs> like, he made his zip code. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dog. I mean, man. That's a lot of damn money, man. Yeah, it is, bro. That's it a is. lot. It is. It is. Well, you went from $5,000 for a beat to $700,000, $800,000. At the top of the, the at the top of the time. And it's crazy cuz you 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 really got to go charging? sit down. You got to go sit down by yourself for a little while and just say, "Okay, okay, I'm not better than nobody else. I ain't better than nobody else. I ain't better than nobody else." I cuz cuz you get you start getting beside yourself, man. Nigga, you that <laughs> nigga don't call me no more. I got new phone numbers. <laughs> right, I got a new zip code. My phone. phone got a fucking phone. Yeah, my Fuck phone that. got a phone. Nigga. <laughs> call this nigga to call yeah. that nigga to call that nigga to talk to me. And tell that nigga I ain't talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way shit go down. You're right. Did you pitch yourself when, when all this shit is going down, yeah, bro? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. A lot of foolish purchases. What came, what came, what's the dumbest thing you think you ever bought? Uh... Just some stupid shit. This might be one of them. <laughs> that is a this, beautiful watch. Man, about 100. I don't know, man. The dumbest thing. I think it was like, it was a collection of throwbacks. Jerseys. It was a collection of them. Like, I bought them, like, all simultaneously. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it was like, the only way you could, they, they, they made me feel like it was the only way I could get them was to buy, like, all 10. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think it was about $20,000 or some shit. God damn. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Because those throwbacks used to bust our ass, Man. didn't they? Hey, what? $900,000. And the ones that don't fit, boy, you just cut them right up the side. That's boy. right. <laughs> Put on a little vest or something, boy, still rock that bitch. Damn yeah, right. Dude, <laughs> I'm going to wear this. Them throwbacks cost us some fucking hey. money. I remember talking to Fab and asking Fab, what well, because Fab had some throwbacks right, man. on your ass, didn't oh, he? Oh, my God. Him and Lil Wayne, I don't know who was worse. Yeah, them motherfuckers had some throwbacks. Weezy had some throwbacks, too, And boy. I was like, yo, what happened to all them fucking throwbacks you had? Yeah, I just gave him the Goodwill. Yeah, between throwbacks. Goodwill? 
Goodwill, throwbacks and Pele, and Pele Pele jacket. He probably could have made about a quarter million off his throwback. <laughs> he, he had some throwbacks. Yeah. I think he might have been the throwback king. Yeah, Fab had some fucking Between him throwbacks. and Clue. Clue had some shit, Because, you know, they it. was all together. Yeah, so, they you know, all together. So, you know, Storm, you know, they got there. You know, it's a yeah. crew thing, you know. Jay-Z so. had some shit, too. Oh, Jay, of course. Well, I mean, that's a different tax bracket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come about. on, you know. We can't even compare whole shit yeah, to, yeah. to what everybody else Yeah, Jigga probably be handing them out at concerts and shit. You did some, you did music for Aaliyah? Have you worked with Aaliyah? What? Man. I can't sleep without you, eat without you. Come on. Fuck. I don't wanna be be without you, be without you. Fuck I don't it. wanna live. The next day, you know what we did? What? Can I come over? Come over. Oh my God. Dog. Tell me what's the deal. You're not that far. Just got my bag. And I made it to the car. That's wow. fizzle. That's fizzle. That's the fizzle. There was no lazy gentleman oh on it. Oh, my God. You don't make me shed a tear in here, Come boy. On. You make a play on shed a tear. When I was the best, that was the most angelic and effortless piece of work I've ever done. It wasn't even work. What was it about? And you hear the, oh, oh. You know what that was? What? That's Tank. Get the fuck out of That's here. That's Tank. Tank was like, we was like, Tank, man, we need, oh your, we need your voice on this record right now. He was like, man, I don't know what to sing. They was like, just go in there and sing. She was like, just go in there and sing. You just sound so pretty when you sing. Just sing. Then he just went in the booth, and he was like, oh. I was like, that sounds great. Stack it. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, that's why I got so big. Right. Oh. Like, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. All right, come in there, Lee. Go in there and do some more ad-libs. Right. Yeah. Oh my God! What was that session like with Aaliyah? Magical, man. It almost it and you know how when you know how God works and then you know the devil always like right there. Uh huh. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say no names, but somebody almost messed up the whole shit. How? Because we was all in there and Miss Harden, her mom, was in there, and then one of the guys that was with us, you know what I'm saying, trying to be real business and stern. We was in there like I mean when we first met her, talking mm -hmm. for like hours. Okay. So when Aaliyah comes in, she nicknames everybody. She don't call nobody. She don't call me Jazzy. She's not gonna call you Ed Lover. Right. She's gonna call. She's got a name for everybody. Right. And she called me Fuzzy. Okay. I said, "Why you call me Fuzzy?" She said, "Cause when I, when every time I see you, I just like I get I get fuzzy. Mm. It's just like warm and fuzzy." I was like, right. "Ah, <laughs> ah!" Like I'm like, man, this girl. And she was like coming, like it was magical, cause she was just coming from TRL. Right. So she had on the like little white, uh -huh. the all white with the with the with the uh uh with the Nike little Tommy Hilfiger joint. Yeah, just looking like just wear. just stupid cute. Like you know, you just like <laughs> trying not to look straight at her. Like you know, how they say don't don't look straight at Prince. Like, <laughs> but she's sitting right there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Her mom was right here, and so one of my boys came in. One of the guys that worked with us. We talking for hours, bro. So he's like, so he looked at his watch, and says, "Hey, listen, um, well, we gonna have to get to work. You know what I'm saying? We got to get to work." Interrupted her mom while she was talking. Mm. Her mom got up and walked out the room. Oh wow! Then Aaliyah's phone rang, and she then Aaliyah got up and walked out the room too. Two hours later, neither one of them was there. Oh shit! I almost fucked up the whole damn session. Oh wow! So I had to call Jomo, Jomo Hankinson. Right. You know, they were at, they went to sit down and eat at Benny Hanna's or something. Uh -huh. I literally had to go over to Benny Hanna's, sit down with Jomo, and we had to talk to the moms, apologize. Man, get on the phone and apologize to her mama. 
apologize and da 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 Because she had never even heard our music. She didn't care about it. She Leah was all upset because she was like, oh, mom, she didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. Let's work. But whatever she said made everybody like, they, we can't go to the studio until mama says okay. Right. And she, she pushed it on through. And then that's what happened. The magic, wow. That magic. That magic happened right And it's there. crazy because my boy Teddy Bishop did I Miss You. Mm-hmm. But it's been too long since I'm lost without you. Right. That was Genuine's record. Come on, dude. That was Genuine's record. But Elgin, you know, Genuine, he... he <laughs> Elgin. Yeah. He just Elgin Genuine no, no, on no, the no. podcast. Because El, Elgin would come in and just disrupt the whole vibe and be like, man, I don't like this song. So he he didn't put the song on the album. Mm. So Aaliyah was like, she begged us to sing that song. She's like, oh, can I please sing that song? Can I please sing that song? They were like, you know, you know, Genuine was so big then, we was like, we were, okay, we're going to save it for another album. Uh-huh. And, you know, something said just, you know, Teddy, I, Teddy was like, what you think? I was like, I think she should do it, bro. And she sang it. Wow. Yep. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's huge. That's a big record for her, too. Oh, oh, my God. God, man. You know, because a lot of people are under the impression, really, that, Timberland and Missy well, the did record, everything. That, that, record, that record actually immortalized her. Everybody had those records that immortalize you. Like, like, uh, like, I Ain't Mad At You immortalized Tupac. Yeah, for sure. Because it's like right after he passed, you see him in heaven. Right. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> That's why everybody thought it was a, a, a hoax, right? Yeah. Yeah, everybody thought it was a hoax. It wasn't. I know it, but it was just, yeah. it, you know. Yeah, that's sometimes, crazy. So I, sometimes I think, then you know, God leaves us certain things to let us know that, you know, he's here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's always there. Yeah, absolutely. 70, 70 million records sold from you. Mm, Some big accomplishments for, for, for a little dude from Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, bro. man. Hey, man. It's a big accomplishment for anybody, man. It's a blessing. You know, first and foremost, I mean, I'm just, I'm just happy to be amongst the, you know, the greats of, uh, you know, people who I've always loved and, and admired. A lot of people got a lot of... Uh, and I admire y'all, man. I was so, man, I'm such a big fan of, of Ed Love and Dr. Dre, man. Y'all thank you, help, my brother. Y'all helped raise me, bro. Thank you, my brother. Y'all helped raise me, but bro. But you, you know what? You grabbed the ball and you took it and you guys ran with it and you <clears> took it to the next level. Now, earlier you and I were talking about music, hip-hop being the youth movement music. Yes. You got some young shit you working on right now. Yeah. Tell me about it, bro. I got, um, you know, uh, Ao and Tao. You okay. Know, um, the kids, um, uh, me and Polo the Don just did a um. Big shout out to Polo. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Polo the Don. Yeah, you got <clears> to <throat> you have to connect that so Polo ass can sit here and I can talk to him. Too. I got you. I Thank got you. you That's easy. That's easy. Matter of fact, well, I put him on the phone in just a second with you, and, we'll, and he'll and he'll have to promise himself, and you'll you have the line and everything. Okay. So, um. Yeah, because he got stories. I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> speak, speaking of Polo the Don, I mean, you know, I, I signed Polo the Don when he was 17 years old. To your production company? I, I signed him as an artist. I signed him, but what happened was he played me the demo. Uh-huh. Polo played, played me a demo, and the third song on the demo was a song called Make Them Hoes Say. And it had him, Cuddy, okay. and... Mo, Cuddy is the voice on. I know you're waiting for Charlie. You yeah. want to get out at the face? They all had a record together, but they sounded so dope together. Uh-huh. I said, "Man, y'all put this together and let me, we'll make a group called Jim Crow." Okay, remember that? Right, absolutely. So I took him to to, to uh, Interscope. That's mm. that's the relationship with Polo the Don and Jimmy Iovine. Okay, so I'm just te- I'm just saying. I mean, wow. so so yeah. So basically, um, 
we did holla at a player. Okay. Holla at a player when you see me on the street, Trick. Right. Yeah. That's the first record me and Polo actually produced together. Oh, wow. That right there. Wow. He wow. used to sit in there and just let him bang on my on my sounds and, and you know in the studio when I was out doing whatever. Right. He's like, man, I'm just gonna sit in when here. When you was out getting some inspiration. Yeah, right. From exactly. the strip club. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but back to the yeah, but so so he and I uh uh did did this um uh collab with um AO and Tail. Okay. You know about the kids, right? Yeah. So uh Your manager's just showing me the video and Oh yeah, yeah, the boys is crazy. So so basically, you know, um I was like, yo, these kids are dope. Can can y'all rap? They was like, well, you know, we ain't never really tried to. We won't. I mean, went in the in in the booth and they were just natural, bro. Oh wow. They were not. They just got it. They just got it, you know. And um, they just that young thing going on right now. They they you know doing dates with Usher, um, about to do the video. They did also did they did the video, you know, uh, the No Limit video. Okay. You see the kids with the mask and the afro yeah. and you know uh, uh turning up doing their thing and also um. Doing the Chris Brown thing, they about to do um, what's the name of the record, bro? Crisscross. Okay. Crisscross. They about to do the Crisscross video, um, and we doing some things, you know what I mean, with some with some major folks. I don't even know if we could talk about some of this stuff. Oh, real fresh. A whole lot of fresh. I heard yeah. something about Adidas, but you know what I'm saying. We, well, you keep me posting on that because you Absolutely, know I'm a motherfucking bro. sneakerhead, man. Hey, we got you, bro. Man, I appreciate you spending some time with me, my brother. Hey, man, it's my pleasure, bro. It's yeah. my pleasure. Hey, man, and Finzel about to. We about to go ham. <laughs> we about to go ham. What's that dog. the name of the company, Finzel? No, no. Show enough. Show enough. Show enough records. Show enough right. digital media. There you go. Jazzy Faye in the building, man. Ed Lovers Podcast. Finzel! Come on, son. Oh boy. Fuck out of here with that bullshit till next time, all right? We gone. Come on, son. This episode of Come On, Son, the podcast is produced and engineered by co-executive producers Kimana Paulus and Krista Hayes. Recorded at Mean Street Studios in downtown Atlanta, Georgia, this is an official Loudspeakers Network podcast.